Welcome to this week's episode of the Life of the Bridal podcast. Please remember that we are not professional tipsters and always, always gamble responsibly. Listeners, welcome to our Wednesday preview for the Cheltenham Festival here on the Life on the Bridal podcast. Joining me again, as usual, we have Mr. Jack Holden and Mr. Josh Bursey. Hello to you. Morning. Hello, hello. Hello. Listeners, we have another great day. We've just previewed, you'll be able to find our Tuesday preview. And we've also, remember, we also have done a a festival handicap preview. So, of course, any uh, handicaps you want to go into a little bit more depth, you can find us find it there let's go straight into it then gents we have the first race of the wednesday which is the ballymore two miles five furlongs an exciting race here quite quite a few strong contenders at the top of the market jack we'll start with you difficult one i think hermes allen personally sounds a really good chance it'd be interesting if gaelic warrior goes here i assume he is going to now which will be interesting. I don't know if he's got the turn of foot to live with Hermes Allen and Ampere Pass. He seems to be the overwhelming market favourite now. Into I've seen I'm seeing seven to four, whereas Hermes yeah. Allen's gone from a shorter six to four at one time, out to almost three to one now. So I don't know. As Will like, Will likes to Will likes to say he's he's a he's a plane in the in the world of cars. <laughs> That's what some people have been saying about Ampero Pass. Yeah. So it could be anything. I've, I I don't can't see myself getting too strongly involved. Josh. Yeah, good land at a bigger price does stick out a little bit as as a bit of value. We did it really well at the Dublin Racing Festival, and I mean a record of two one u one one isn't bad at all. Barry Connell again. Will be there for Michael O'Sullivan. Uh, anyone who knows me will, will, will know how much of a fan I am of good land. I know, I know how much of a fan of the Barry Collar horses I am as well. Uh, People's good land is one on heavy grounds, one on soft ground, one on yielding ground. I don't think the, I don't think the ground will be too much of a worry. Will we'll, again another horse that's going to drift because again people won't know who Barry Connell is, so it's going to drift just like Marie National. Imperial Pass though will be very hard to beat. Okay, we'll move on to the second race of the day, which is, of course, the Brown Advisory Novices Chase. Big market leader here in Jerry Colom. Jack, we'll start with you. Um, Potentially one of the best bets of the festival. I think Jerry Colom still could be leagues ahead of of everything in this race. I really enjoyed the performance at Sandown in the Silly Isles. And I think he's been really consistent. I think the jumping's been really good. My only slight concern, people say, people talking about the ground being concerned, I'm not fussed about that. I don't think that's going to play too much into it. Um, he, he is a lazy horse. He, I, I feel that he's a lazy horse and he does not get going. If you watch the Silly Isles, you know, he was not really, he only picked up very late on. And all, albeit he, he got the job done, you know, in fourth or fifth gear, but, only slight concern is he a bit lazy running around does he, he get switched off and does he you know turn him, <laughs> turn on again just you know a bit too late 
I think you'll be fine though. Potentially one of the strongest um, favourites of the festival for me. Josh, your reaction to that? Yes, I think he's the most likely winner. But do I think he's a bet in the race? Absolutely not. He's now six to four favourite. And I think when you look at the field of runners, you've got Sir Gerhard in there at five to one. Sir Gerhard is only ever lost two races and, you know, hasn't been the simplest horse this season. But could he go to a brown advisory and win? Absolutely. And the real whacker is really interesting as well. Has taken really, really well to Cheltenham. And I think he will go very well as well. Yeah, if it turns into a bit of a sprint, I think Sir Gerhard's actually got quite a good shout. But uh, my my punt in this race is Time Hill. Now, some people ruling it up to think it's a silly bet. The Hurley form is very strong. I think it's just a horse that's just got a little bit more class than the others. I could be wrong. But I think at 11 to 2, could potentially have a drift on the day, maybe. I think you could potentially have some value there. So, Time Hill for me. OK, we move into the first of the Wednesday handicaps, and it is the Coral Cup. Uh, as you will have heard in the handicap preview, one of us has a bit of an interest in this race, so we have to start there. It's with Josh. Yeah, I've got a very small share in Watch House Cross as part of a racing syndicate. What you think the horse has got a good chance and will go very well. I'm not going to let too much um, away about running plans or anything like that, but if you watch the horse's previous runs back, you'll get an idea of what he'll be looking to do and I think with Rachel Blackmore on board he's got a very good chance Jack the Coral Cup anything standing out for you? No oh, sorry I've got no real real opinion on the race um, <laughs> obviously hope Josh's thing goes well um, that's that's all I can that's all I'm all I'm hoping for really well, my horse in this race is HMS Seahorse. Uh, it's one at uh, Navan. Uh, it's got a good rating. Uh, plen- there are plenty of uh, horses at a bigger weight than HMS uh, Seahorse. Came okay, fourth in the Boodles last year to some decent horses in Brazil and okay, Warrior. Uh, I think HMS Seahorse. You could. I, th- I think you could still get around eight to one, maybe seven to one in some places, and a lot of places will. Uh, will offer plenty of places of the day. So I think an each-way shout there, I think, is uh, worth a little punt. I would just say, if the rain does come down, as some people think it will, I think Red Risk has got a really good chance in here. Seconds um, to West Balboa in the Lanzarote hurdle at Kempton. I think this has been the target. Uh, Harry Cobden will be on board for Paul Nichols, and it looks like the target. So... At about 25 to 1, might be a bit of value at a slightly bigger price. Fair enough. And then we move on to the championship race of the Wednesday. This is the Queen Mother Champion Chase. We have two at the top of the market. We have Edegamine and we have Edwardston. Of course, these two met uh, tri- on trials day and was spoilt. The party was spoilt by editor Dujit. Uh, does that, does anyone here rate Editor Jeet as a genuine chance to win the champion chase? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I don't think you can say he doesn't have a chance after the form he's shown at Cheltenham across both courses at previous Cheltenham festivals. He's certainly going there with a chance, but will the other 
horses, give him the rope he had last time, definitely not. And it will be harder. He will have to improve to win. Mm-hmm. Well, those of you who know me will, will know that I'm a big fan of Edwardston. Now, some people will say he's only won one race of his last four. I'm not concerned. I think, and the price doesn't particularly put me off either. I thought he ran a very, very good race in the Clarence House. Uh, came second, of course, to Edith Jeep, but I think uh, Tom Cannon left too much of a gap between him and Edith Jeep, was essentially running a race against Edith Gavine. And what happened? Edwardston beat him relatively comfortably and left too oh, much I will, to I will, do. I will say this. The, so the Clarence House has run over half a furlong further than the um, Champion Chase will be. And I'll say half a furlong out, Edwardstone had got his nose in front. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and just, just tired, I think. And, and Alan King has suggested that there was potentially a problem with, with fitness. That they, they didn't want to overcook Edwardson going into that. They wanted to prepare properly for the Cheltenham Festival. They're very, very confident with what they're doing. Yeah, if he was a length closer all the way around, he would have he would have got there. Now, what I, what I would say is it's not just about the top of the market. There are some lively outsiders. Obviously, you've got Gentleman Demi in there who yes, did win yes. at the Dublin Racing Festival. But one that I quite like for this, and I don't think many people do, is Grenatine. I've actually had a bet on Grenatine at 33 to 1 each way. And I don't think that's bad value. I think he, he will come potentially in the top three, should one of the top three in the market not run their race for one reason or another. Won the Howden Gold Cup really, really well down at Exeter. Second in the Tingle Creek to Edward Stone, but I think he might have had his race ruined that day by his trip to Exeter and being so on point for that race. He then um, was third to Fernandale Civilla in the game spirit at Newbury. But if you look back to the season before, his run in February then, admittedly it was in a slightly tougher race over at the Dublin Racing Festival, but he didn't run especially well then either. And I'm not sure February is the time that he, he runs his races. He, he's run in the game spirit before and again didn't win that. Was beaten 12 lengths by So Royal two years ago. So I think there's something there. And after that run in the game spirit two years ago, he did come back to run really well in the champion chase. Albeit potentially a weaker champion chase, but I don't think 33 to 1 or tw- even 25 to 1 is the correct price about Grenatine. Yeah, I think Grenatine potentially could have, a, could have a shelf for a place, but I think if if the top of the market run their races, they're not in the he's not in the Grenatine's not in the same league. But we'll see. Edwardston, I'm 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 putting a lot of faith in the horse that I know can deliver and I believe will. So moving on from the Champion Chase, the feature race of the day, we're moving on to the cross country race that some people won't don't take too much of a liking to. We have two at the top of the market, Delta Work and Galvin. There was some talk about Galvin if the ground was good, but with the potential rain, looks like Delta Work becomes the strong market leader again. Anybody here going to be taking on Delta Work? Uh, depending on the rain, if, if, the, if, the, if the weather comes and it's you know soft, really, I don't, I don't think anything comes close. Uh, Galvin, very good horse on his day. I just don't think the conditions will suit. Um, I have a I have a soft spot for a horse, Diesel Dalio, um, <laughs> who could who could do anything. Course and distance winner. Um, I, I, I the, the race could be more, far more competitive, 
And I think if it was if it was a handicap, mm. I think it would be a great affair. However, it's not, and it just turns into a bit of a procession. So Delta Work will win. I mean, Galvin was in the Gold Cup last year, now running in the cross country. It's remarkable. Uh, Josh, will you be on Snow Leopardess here? Funny you should say that, because there's a distinct chance that I might be. Um, <laughs> I, I, she ran a very good race on Trials Day. She was leading coming into the straight, and only kind of got a little bit tied up the hill. And I'm, I'm kind of, I've got a sneaky suspicion that the fitness maybe wasn't spot on that day, because she did run a fantastic race at Haydock in the Grand National Trial after that, only going down to Quick Wave who is a very, very good horse. And I I don't think she'd be without a chance. And if you can get some extra places on the day, I don't think 20 to 1 is a bad price at all. Fair enough, Ski. We'll move on to the Grand Annual Chase, which, if you were listening to Jack's uh, handicap ratings, he had this as his number one Cheltenham Festival handicap. So we shall start with him. Uh, I think it's a really enjoyable race. I think there could be a lot of quality in it this year. I have gone for a horse which has slipped in the market. Ballistic. Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> He's now 40 to 1. Um, for uh, Peter Niven and Danny McMenamin is going to be riding. A lot of the Cheltenham festival trends for this race uh, go in his favour. And... I think it's something to, some, a horse to look out for. A 40 to 1. I, so I, I used about seven or eight trends. I won't go through them now because they were on the previous podcast. Uh, ticked about, I think ticked seven of the eight boxes for me. Uh, the only one, the only slight question was the Cheltenham form. Has run at Cheltenham but was pulled up. Um, but ticked a lot of boxes. And 40 to 1, I think, yeah, I might have to dip in again. But it's not, not particularly strong fancy. Um, but this race always turns into a bit of a, you know, cavalry charge, and always a bit of an enjoyable, enjoyable race. So that's it for me. Josh, anything to add here? Now they were talking about final orders running in the Arkle, but actually this morning the final orders hasn't been declared for the Arkle, and I think there's might be a little bit of. Um, Room for improvement left in his mark, even off 150. He would be going as the third top weight off 11 stone 9, but I think he'll have a good chance on whatever ground comes up. The one I'd throw in, if the ground does go soft, is last year's winner, Global Citizen. Now, he's currently run of 24, but I would imagine he would get into the race. Ran really well last year. Beat Editor Dujit. They they were first and second the whole way round. Editor Dujit faded into fourth, but Global Citizen ended up as the winner, beating this year's uh, top weight and second favourite Andy Dufresne. I think if the ground does go soft, and I mean soft, soft, not just a little bit soft, then Global Citizen would have a good chance for me. Uh, the only horse I'd be looking at potentially uh, would be Third Time Lucky. Won very well at Sandown in February. Needs the needs, needs the weather though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, the, the, it, the Cheltenham is a place that can dry up quite quickly. So we'll see if the rain comes on Monday and over Tuesday they run, 
And if it's dry on Tuesday night, then we could we could easily find ourselves with good good to soft ground. So we'll see. And we then head to the <laughs> final race. We then we head to the final race of the day. It's the champion bumper. It's a race that I know Josh has maybe not got so much love for. Uh, a couple of fancies in this one for me. Uh, well. A dream to share at the top of the market, I think, will be very good. Will be tough to beat, but the horse for me is Bruno, Bruno, Bruno. He's the famous encounter, Bruno. <laughs> you, a uh, horse that the bookies have kind of ignored for a very long time. Was, was at twenty to one in the market for, 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 for seemed like an age, and then all of a sudden recently got mentioned in a couple of preview shows, and then having slipped under the radar is now right near come right near towards the top of the market. I think 10 to 1 in some places. So, Paul, you know, Bruno won at Cheltenham in, in October. Uh, it's a horse that knows how to win a, a bumper at Cheltenham. The ground, uh, I don't think it will be too much of a concern because it, it but, but potentially, I think Dream to Share will be tough to beat. But Bruno, having, having got it at a bigger price, I'm all in. Yeah, I'm, I'm involved with uh, Encanto Bruno as well. I I very brashly said about six or seven weeks ago I'd I'd found the winner of the bumper um, <laughs> in 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 the form of Queen's Gamble. Uh, yes. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. Um, now I I, w- I wouldn't be too worried about that. I really wouldn't be too worried about that because Connections said before the race they were worried she was going to get beaten. I still think at twenty to one she's not not bad value, especially no, getting no, the seven no, pounds. No, no. At, at, 20, at twenty to one, with you know, again ticks a lot of the statistics boxes um, for this race. I think, however, there was only one horse in here. Now, I, I don't think the, uh, the the betting community have been treated particularly fairly when it comes to this horse. However, fun, 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 who we've been told for the last. Month, month and a half, maybe even two months, was not going for this race. Like almost categorically not going for this race. It pretty much seems a certainty uh, that that it's going to happen, and fun, fun, fun will go for this race. And at nine to one, I think that is a massively overpriced horse. And I could find myself being involved with. With, with three horses anti-post for the champion bumper. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I second your what you said, Will, about a dream to share. I think it's going to be bloody difficult to beat. Yeah. I would Although, just like to I, add that um, on Will's and Canto Bruno tip, the ground would potentially need to be good. It's one on good to soft, though. That's one on good to mm. soft. Well, it has one a good to soft. That, that's that's, well, that's, yes, that's that, that is a fact. But you, you know, they can, they can, people can say you know the, the course carts can go out and say what the ground is on the morning, but after six six races before that, you know you've got to be you've got to make your own decision for you. If it's cutting out more than you think it, the rating is, then yeah. you make your decision off that. Um, yeah. So for me, obviously it's a it's a tricast of fun, 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 Queen's Gamble, and Encanto Bruno, which will pay. Yeah. What? Well, the book is probably refuse to pay out. knowing that that will pay a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> making in this country. <laughs> yeah, the ground is a bit of a lottery. I will actually add with uh, in Canterbury, Sean Burn, book to ride. That's a jockey I've got a lot of time for. 
Righto, gents, that is Wednesday done. We're, let's have your nap and lay of the day. Uh, my nap of the day uh, will be slightly boring, very short price, but it is going to be a double of uh, Jerry Kalom and Delta Work. Interesting. And Josh? my lay of the day. Oh, sorry. My lay of the day. Uh, my yes. lay of the day will be. Oof, here because I think it's going to be a really. Uh, I, I can't predict it. I'm going to say Ampere Pass. Purely because I think there are two really good horses who can beat it. So. I will um, not shock anyone with my nap. You know, got to be true to uh, to the horse I own some of. I'm, I'm going to nap Watch House Cross in the Coral Cup. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if you can still get some of the 25s available, please do. Um, lay. I, I don't really see horses that I want to lay because I don't think they'll win here. I, I, I see horses that I would lay because of their price. Um, yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of quality in the cross country. I, I could, at 11 to 10, I'd be happy to lay down to work. At 6 to 4, I'd be happy to lay at Jerry Colom. But if, you, if you're looking for the horse that I really think won't win the race then I would have to say that Enigamine I'd, I'd lay. Yeah, I agree with Josh there. My nap is Edward Stone, and my lay is a difficult one. There's, there's not a horse there that I'd be desperate to go out and lay, but one that I don't think win, obviously, Enigamine, but I can't say that because I've napped Edward Stone, so I will probably go with Delta Work, purely because of the price, though could easily win. Right, gents, that's, thank you very much. That is your Wednesday preview done and dusted. Stay tuned for the Thursday. We're looking forward to it. Even more exciting races. See you next time.